Welcome to the Profitable Happiness Podcast, where we interview highly successful workplace wellness executives, experts, and entrepreneurs, and learn how they have found success where happiness meets business profitability. Hello, everyone. This is Dr. Pillay with the Profitable Happiness Podcast. And today, it's my pleasure to introduce you to Organized Audrey. <laughs> All right. So that's a brand name, which I love, by the way. But Audrey Thomas is a live and virtual productivity speaker um, who is an expert at helping employees, teams, and leaders become more productive and effective in their organizations. Audrey, it's a pleasure to see you again. Thank you, Dr. Pillay. I really, really appreciate it. Yeah. And, you know, I want to get down to kind of how you became organized, Audrey, and all the things that you do. But first, I want to share with people the amazing way that we met. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was hoping you would share the story. Yeah, yeah. Can you just kind of tell us how we met a few years ago, it looks like now? Right, right. So I was on an airplane coming home um, back to Minneapolis from, no, actually I was going from Minneapolis to Texas for a speaking engagement. And my seatmate next to me on the plane and I struck up a conversation, a very interesting woman. Turns out it's your wife. <laughs> and uh, we, were, uh, we were chatting and learning about each other's lives. And, and uh, my daughter lived in Nigeria at one point. So we had that in common. And so we just had a lot of things in common. And she was telling me about you, uh, Dr. Play, and, and your speaking and that sort of thing. And so we just had this commonality. And when we landed, she asked me wh what hotel I was staying at. And she said, well, why don't you let us take you to your hotel? And I said, well, is it out of your way? And she said, oh, no, it's fine. And my husband and the kids are picking, picking me up and we'll just take you. So I can only imagine your surprise when <laughs> she arrived at the curb with me and my luggage in tow. Uh, but that's how we met. And I love, yeah. And for me, that was a gift because it's rare that I get to meet in person such successful speakers uh, and, and, you know, experts as you, um, and we've sort of stayed in touch and I, I really appreciate that. That, that, that was fun. Um, so now give us a sense of how you became organized, Audrey. Um, you know, what a brand. Tell us a little bit about your journey. What put you on the path? Okay. Well, I never, you know, growing up, I never thought of myself as organized. I grew up in a very organized environment. I grew up on a farm and my parents were large farmers and, and so things had to be organized. There had to be systems in place, but I never thought of myself as being organized. And uh, I, um, I also was growing up with a speech impediment, a yeah, speech mm -hmm. impediment that really didn't get addressed. Uh, from the medical, from any me medical professional. And it wasn't until I got to high school that a high school teacher pulled me aside and said, I'd like to work with you after school and I'll work with you every day. Um, but I really think you should have the goal of going out for the speech team, which mm. I just laughed at because I was having difficulty even speaking in front of my peers at that point and even, you know, answering the teacher if, if I was called upon. But this teacher, Mr. Crouch, started working with me three days a week after school. And um, it, it was amazing. I fell in love with the spoken word mm. because of his commitment to help me get over uh, my speech impediment. And by the time I was a senior in high school, I was competing at the state level. And at graduation, Mr. Crouch came up to me. Now, 
this was a small town. There were 32 kids in my graduating class. Mm -hmm. And he came up to me and he put his hands on my shoulders. And he said, Audrey, you've been given a gift, but it's your responsibility to use it. Mm. And I went off to college and I kind of forgot about Mr. Crouch. And about 10 years later, I'm minding my own business, raising two kids at home and the doorbell rings. And there stands three of my neighbor ladies and nobody would speak first. And I thought, oh my goodness, are they doing some kind of intervention on me or something? <laughs> Did I screw up in the neighborhood? And finally, one of them said, Audrey, we've noticed that whenever we're at your house, it really seems organized. And we're wondering, would you let us come in and just snoop through your cupboards and closets to see how you do things? <laughs> I kid you not. I thought they were joking. They weren't. So I let them in. And I just started opening up my kitchen cupboards and closets. And, and they started asking questions. And they said, can you teach us how mm -hmm. to do this kind of thing? Mm -hmm. In all honesty, I thought everybody did it this way. And my poor husband had been trying to tell me for several years now that, you know, you just think differently than other people do. And mm -hmm. so I had these neighbor ladies along with other neighbor ladies over one evening, and I just kind of told them my systems, right? Well, they ended up passing my name on to other people. So they're ladies at church and they're PTA groups at school. And so then I started getting calls from these other group saying, mm -hmm. we've heard about your organizational workshop. <laughs> I'm like, I don't have a workshop. <laughs> so, so it just grew. And then I started giving it through a program we have here in Minnesota called Community Education, which is really classes for adults that they can take through the school system. But they're all kinds of all kinds of topics. And my classes kept selling out with standing room only. Mm -hmm. And I realized people really needed help figuring out how to be organized. Now, keep in mind, I was only doing organization in the home at that point. Yeah. And then one day I got a phone call from a little company by the name of 3M. A uh, little company, yeah. <laughs> was head, yeah, they're headquartered right here in the Twin Cities. Yeah. And they said, Audrey, we've heard about one of your workshops and we'd like you to give it to our employees over the lunch hour. It's called a lunch and learn. Mm -hmm. And I said, oh, okay, how many people do you expect? And they said 50 to 75. Well, wow. <laughs> I had never spoken to 50 to 75 people, and I about fainted. And I said, okay, I'll do it. And so they put it on the calendar. And, uh, but, but before we hung up, she said, by the way, we're starting to use this new thing called email. Have you heard about it? I said, I have. And they said, well, that's how we want to communicate with you. So would you please get an email address? in place. And I said, okay, I will work on that. So that night, uh, I, I was sitting in front of the computer. That's dial up connection. Back yes, then. Yes. The internet was brand new. Mm -hmm. Most companies didn't even have a website yet, but they were getting email. And back then you were not supposed to use your first and last name in an email address for security purposes. Do you remember that? Yes. It was supposed <laughs> to be something clever. Yeah. So, I'm sitting there in my robe and jammies. It's late at night. I want to go to bed, but I thought I cannot go to bed until I get this email figured out. So I'm sitting there and I was, um, my husband had said, Audrey, there's this new company called Yahoo and you can have a free email address. And I went, Yahoo? <laughs> so I went out to yahoo.com and I thought, well, I'm organized and I'm Audrey. <laughs> so I put in organized Audrey at yahoo.com and it took it and set it up. Wow. So the next morning, my husband says, 
did you get an email address figured out? And I said, yeah, but it's got my first name in it. It's Organized Audrey. And he's a marketing person. And he said, oh, that's brilliant for branding. Leave it alone. <laughs> so that's how that got started. And, and then 3M called me uh, about a month later. And they said, Audrey, we had to shut off registration for your workshop because over 500 have signed up for it. Whoa. And that's when I realized people really need to know this information. Yes. So yes. they put me in their corporate auditorium, which seats 180 people. I gave it three times. And I came home. And back then, again, most companies, they weren't on the internet yet. It was brand new. I mm -hmm. opened up the old-fashioned yellow pages. And I looked up Best Buy, Wells Fargo, and U.S. Bank because they were all here in the Twin Cities. Yep, I yep. called the HR department and I told them what happened at 3M. They all hired me on the spot. Oh, I wow. Didn't, I didn't have a business card, a company name, nothing. Wow. But they all said, if it was that popular at 3M, we want to do it for our employees. Wow. And so that started this you know, business where I was doing all these lunch and learns. And then these companies came back to me and said, okay, we really like your style of teaching and speaking and our employees are really responsive to you. Will you begin to develop curriculum for things related to the office? So mm -hmm. how to manage a meeting, how to manage email, how to be more productive at the office. And still back then it was how to manage paper. Mm -hmm. uh, we're a lot more paperless today, but, but 20 years ago there was still a lot of paper. And so I slowly got into corporate training and got, you know, that kind of, kind of phased out of lunch and learns and mm -hmm. kind of really basically priced myself out on Lunch and Learns mm -hmm. and started doing just corporate work. And everywhere I go, I'm known as just organized Audrey. I've had clients that have had me as a consultant for two years, and they'll admit to me, kind of embarrassing, we don't even know your last name. <laughs> Everybody just calls you organized Audrey. I said, yeah. it's, that's okay. And so that's really, you know, it all started with Mr. Crouch, yeah. who gave selflessly, right? Mm. Every day after school, and got me to the point where I could speak, but also saw it as a gift. And I really view it as my responsibility to give back. Wow. And, um, and I recently, uh, recently tracked down Mr. Crouch. He's living in Florida. Oh, wow. And, uh, I would love to go see him. I can't travel right now just because of COVID. And, uh, but um, I'd really like to, to see him again in person. And well, uh, so okay. we've been exchanging emails, kind of pen pal letters. Well, you know, he'll he'll hear your story here, maybe, and 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 it'll fill his heart. I'm very sure yeah. of that. <laughs> you you know, Audrey, I have to say that, and going back to when we first met, um, I remember just being in awe of your success as a speaker. I mean, you have a certified speaking professional. It's called a CSP. Like, I don't know what what's the percentage of just a very small percentage of speakers in the National Speakers Association have achieved that. You've been a past president of the NSA in Minnesota. Um, you know, you really took Mr. Crouch's <laughs> support of you to the next level. You went all the way with speaking. Uh, tell us a little bit about just the speaking angle of, of what you do and how, how you enjoy that. Okay, well, it is, uh, it is something I really enjoy. You know, not everybody enjoys public speaking, mm -hmm. uh, let alone professional. Yeah. Some people yeah. are afraid of Maybe more afraid of that than dying. Is that what they that's say? Right. Yeah, that's what I've heard, which I can't imagine. But anyway, yeah. And, and please understand, and I hope your listeners will, will see this too. This was a, um, a, a path in my life that I never set out to do. Like I never sat down one day and said, I want to become a speaker. I want to start training in corporate America. I, that was not on my radar. Uh, 
I was at, um, I had quit my job in PR because we had a child who was really sick and I needed to be at home full time. So I was at home at that time when my neighbors rang the doorbell, right? And, uh, and that, but it just slowly grew. And then when 3M came along, it grew quite quickly. Yeah. And, but at that point in my life, I realized, number one, um, I, I've got bandwidth in my life now that I can do this. But number two, people really need it. Yeah. And at the end of the day, I'm a helper. I like to just know that I'm helping people. And what a great way for me to be able to help others by giving them tips and strategies just to be more productive. Yeah. And so I'm, you know, some people call productivity a soft skill. Others call it a necessary skill. I view it as really necessary. And the people who struggle the most, if I can impact their life with, a, you know, doing things a couple different ways, mm -hmm. tweaking things, I love that. And um, my business morphed over the years for a while. You know, I started out as speaking. Mm -hmm. And then people from my audience kept asking this funny question. And they would laugh at themselves when they asked it. They would say, do you ever come to people's homes and help them get nice?" <laughs> And I kept hearing that over and over. And as you know, you got to pay attention to the questions that come from your audience because mm -hmm. many times those questions are pointing you to products or services that people actually need. Yeah. So after about eight years of hearing that question, I said to myself, oh, maybe I should actually look into going into people's homes. And so my, I had a division of my company at the time that grew and I had five full-time professional organizers on staff, and we went into people's homes and into corporations and helped them. And then uh, with the, when the economy shifted in 2008, 2009, mm -hmm. I decided I wanted to get back to my main passion, which was speaking and teaching, and so I did away with that yeah. side of the business. But um, it is fun to have that direct impact on people. I, yeah. I, I send a newsletter out twice a month uh, as a way of keeping in touch with people and giving them help, and I'm always amazed at the responses I get back saying, thank you so much for this tip, or this was a game changer, or this is really going to have an impact. So yeah. it's, it, for me, it's so much fun. Yeah, no, and, and that's, that completely shows in, in the way I've seen your videos and the way you present yourself and so on. Now, you know, let's fast forward to today and, and you know, the people you serve today. Can you give us a sense of the organizations, the profile of the people you serve, the challenges that they may have um, sure. that you uniquely uh, help them with? Yeah, I, you know, I often will say I work with companies and professional associations who want to bring educational opportunities for their employees and their members. So if you're part of a professional association, let's say you're a, part of a CPA organization mm -hmm. or, or, you know, any kind of professional association, you know, you have monthly chapter meetings, you've got state conferences. So I go into corporations to do corporate training, and then I also do associations through usually their state or national conferences is where I'm usually seen by those professional associations. And employers really want to invest in their employees for, two, for a couple of reasons. The main reason is to help them in their skill set. Yep. So when we can help in a group of employees learn how to be more productive, whether it be how they're conducting their meetings or how they're handling all those emails they get every day, that employee is going to be happier and they're going to be more productive because they know they can get their work done. Okay. Mm -hmm. The second reason why employers want to invest in their employees is for that main purpose. They want their employees to know that they're worthy of being invested in. And then the employee feels like my employer cares about me. And yeah. so there's that engagement, if you will. Uh, and, and, and it's, 
you know, my, my philosophy, and I have it right in all my introductions, my goal with every audience is to leave them better than I found them. Mm. So I want people walking away from my session, whether it's a one-hour session or a half-day session, I want them walking away excited with ideas that, okay, these are some things I can immediately do as soon as I sit down at my desk. Yeah. Because I don't want them to set my material, my handouts aside and say, oh, those are some great ideas. Someday I'm going to get to them because yeah. someday never comes. Yeah. You know, you know, on that note, you know, um, one of the things that I've always heard about speaking and speakers is that they get you excited, they get you full of knowledge in that one hour and then you go, you're pumped up and then you forget everything right when you get to the office, you know? Um, yep. So I can imagine that's something that you've had to solve with your right. coaching so, and so on. Yep. But tell us a little bit about some of the misconceptions that people may have in general ah. about productivity, you know, like, yep. okay, so now we've learned productivity, we got it. Then we go to the office and forget. Right. <laughs> but but how do, how, what are the misconceptions and how do you make it stick? Well, I think there's two main misconceptions, and I want to be very transparent here and say I also struggle with these same misconceptions, all right? Mm. So the first one is technology is going to solve all our answers. Ah. All right. And the second one is we can get way more done in a day than what we think we can. Yeah. Wrong, okay? So let's talk about technology. So mm -hmm. uh, I love technology. I speak on technology. I love my smartphone. I like the latest and greatest software programs. And yet, uh, sometimes a simple non-techie tool is all you need. So I told you um, earlier when we were chatting before we started recording that I wanted to give a resource to your viewers and your listeners. So I'm going to hold up right here this little form here. It's called the First 15. Mm. This is a piece of paper. This is not <laughs> driven by, you don't plug it in and there's no batteries, okay? But the feedback I'm getting on this is through the roof um, that it's having this huge impact. And you can download it for free. It's on my website. If you go to just organizeaudrey.com and click on the resources tab, there's a download area and it's called the first 15. It's the first download available. And it's basically helps we'll you. Include, we will include that in the, in the show notes so that Perfect. people can click, click straight to it. Excellent. Thank you so much. So what it does is, though, it helps you prioritize every single day. So you use this form at the beginning of every day. So a new form, you know, this is going to guide you. And I fill it out on the days that I'm not traveling, and it sits right off to the side on my desk. Because yeah. sometimes I have 18 things on my to-do list. And in reality, I'm, I need to focus on three things. And so it helps me really find that focus. And it also helps with that second misconception in that I think I'm going to get all these 18 things done. Well, I'm not because the phone's going to ring and I'm going to have interruptions and I've got other projects. And so it helps you identify and prioritize your work. Uh, and I, I think it's also um, um, helpful to know that we have so many different parts of our lives, but because of technology, everything is integrated now, right? So there's no longer this fine line between the office and home. Yeah. And, and especially now, a lot, of, a lot more people are working from home. Mm -hmm. And so I even have a section on this form that's called the personal section. And there's things to write down, like what are the errands you need to run and what's going on with kids if you've got kids and what are your dinner plans and your exercise plans for the day? Mm -hmm. Because those things all come into our minds sometimes when we're busy working at, at the office or on a project. And so it just helps you really kind of prioritize. You mentioned that there were two. Uh, technology was one. Did you mention the uh, second one? one. Yeah. And the second one was thinking you're going to get a lot more done than what you really can. 
Okay. So really having better expectations of yourself and a clearer idea. Um, I used to think that I could get 10 things done every day. And I aimed for that every day. And I failed at that every day. <laughs> and as I've gone through this journey of really paying attention for me on how I'm wired and how my business is, and again, it's going to be different for everybody, mm -hmm. I can get between three and six things done a day consistently. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And if, you know, sometimes there's a big thing like researching a new presentation. Well, that's the only thing I'm going to do that day. Yeah. So. Yeah. So, you know, I wonder how you've experienced the shift um, with respect to productivity in today's, I'm going to just say it, today's new normal. People are tired of hearing that now, but <laughs> in today's new world where many of us are probably at home or concerned about going in, into work, how does that affect productivity and how can we be more productive in this new environment? Well, I think from an employer standpoint, having that, actually just putting it out there on the table and talking about it. Because when, when COVID hit and people were sent home by the thousands and tens of thousands and hundreds of thousands, you know, everybody got sent home, right? It happened so quickly. Like within 48 hours, everybody was sent home. Yeah. And most people who were sent home didn't know how to work from home. Yeah. And then what complicated things, if you had children, they were also sent home from school. And I developed this uh, webinar that week that COVID hit, the week of the 15th, I think it was, of March. March, but yeah. I developed, uh, yeah, I developed a quick 30-minute uh, webinar on how to, how to be productive working from home. And it was, you know, we gave it away free. And it, it was a huge hit. It's also, it's available on my YouTube channel if people want to view it today. But I think from an employer standpoint, you have to discuss this with your employees and now that things are calming down, and but more and more people are still either choosing to work from home or who are still required to work from home, I think you have to be able to uh, recognize that you're going to have a lot of distractions. Mm -hmm. And even if you don't have children, the refrigerator is a very common distraction. <laughs> I, just, I just wrote, I just wrote an article. The refrigerator is not my enemy. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> And, and it's because I, I've been doing these surveys with people who have been sent home. And I had a guy say to me, Audrey, the refrigerator is my new enemy. I just, I, I leave my office area or my desk area and I go and I open the refrigerator and I act like a 14 year old standing there just looking in yeah. and I'm gaining weight, you know? So there's a lot of distractions. And I think that's really important uh, to recognize distractions, whether you're at home or the office and the impact those distractions have on your productivity. So let's say people are back at the office working. A distraction might be the way that your desk is facing the opening of your workspace. So if you're facing the workspace, you're going to see people walking by. And if you happen to look up at the same time they happen to look in and you make eye contact, yeah. it is human nature to start up a conversation. Mm -hmm. It's human nature for that person to stop and just, say hi, and then that conversation goes to somewhere else. And then five minutes later, 10 minutes later, they go on their way and you look back at your desk and say, okay, well, where was I? Yeah, yeah. Right? And so there's, you have to recognize distractions. So at home, it could be that refrigerator. It could be the kids. It could be outside noises. It could be activity going on outside. So don't mm -hmm. be looking out your front window while you're trying to work, right? <laughs> uh, and then at the office, there's, there's distractions too. I know somebody who puts the earbuds in, in their ears, whether they're listening to any music or not, yeah. just yeah. to signal to other people that this is not a good time to interrupt me. So yeah. hopefully that helps. 
Yeah. No, no, that that's that's very helpful. In fact, um, I I have this. Uh, I I really like this parable of the goose and the golden eggs, right? Because you know I find that in a lot of organizations, companies um, find themselves measuring and watching the eggs, you know, the results, wow. the the sales metrics, the market share, but they kind of forget what you know. We talked earlier about soft skills. Of which, let's go ahead and put productivity and workplace happiness and leadership and all those kinds of skills in one bucket. They forget yeah. the, the goose. Um, how have you seen or maybe you have strategies to help leaders really understand that you've got to focus on both these leading indicators like productivity and happiness and leadership mm-hmm. um, as well as your sales metrics and your market share and, and yeah. all those profitability things, right? Right. Well, I love it when a VP of sales calls me yeah. and says, yeah, we're planning the sales conference and, you know, it's all about the numbers, but we kind of have to offer some other stuff too. <laughs> and uh, um, yeah, That's like an open door for me. I love yeah. that conversation because I will often say, have you, have you ever done any studying of your numbers uh, to, you know, to, for the people who are really driven, who are working 14 hour days, you know, maybe 10, 12 hour days. Okay but they're working long hours. Have you ever looked at, at the results that they bring to the table as far as sales to the guy who's working, let's say eight to 10 hours. And I, I'm sorry, I say guy, I don't mean that to be sexist. The man, the, the, the man or woman who is working eight to 10 hours and their sales are just as good as this one. Have you ever wondered why they're both reaching the same, but one's working a whole lot more hours? Well, it has everything to do with productivity. Yeah. And, and then I kind of challenge them a little bit further and say, you know, if you took time away from the workday and did some fun, you know, they all recognize the phrase team building events, right? Yeah. But if we did something fun in the way of teaching them to be more productive, but do it in a very strategic way in that we can, we can make this fun. It's, mm-hmm. it's, it's okay. It, we can have fun learning how to use Outlook better. And your employees can praise you at the end of the day for saying, thank you for teaching us how to use all these tools within Outlook because we had no idea we could do that, right? So all those little things add up to a much happier and much more well-balanced employee. And I think employers today are really having to pay attention to that balance, how how much balance is going on and and where are we not balanced. And in, within an organization, I have often found it's the sales organization, and I don't mean to pick on them, but many times because they're they're they are driven by the number, right? It's what is the company going to be profitable or not? They have to be driven by those numbers. But we can take a look at the individuals who are contributing to those numbers and taking a look at which ones are are meeting the, the highest numbers and what do they know about being productive? Because chances are the people who are the highest earners are often the most productive and the most organized. Yeah, no, that, that's really great uh, information. Now, I was going to ask you, if you had just one nugget of advice to give <laughs> to someone who says, okay, fine, I get it. I've got to be more productive. Yep. <laughs> um, where do I start? What, what do I, is there some trick, something I could do to myself to get my mindset okay. ready for this new journey? Okay, you might be surprised at this. Oh, yeah. Are you ready? I'm ready. You need to become a quick decision maker. Mm. So in a couple of my books that I wrote several years ago, I wrote clutter is the result of delayed decisions. So wherever you have clutter right now, just think about where that is. 
Because where, wherever you have clutter, and it could be your email inbox, it could be the trunk of your car, it could be your dining room table, it could be underneath your desk, wherever you have clutter, you have decisions waiting to be made. And many times those decisions only take a nanosecond, but you have the habit of not making decisions, so those, those unmade decisions only add up to clutter. And uh, I was speaking at a sales conference uh, probably about nine months ago, and 100% of the audience were millennials. And millennials pride themselves in really understanding and knowing technology. And the head of the sales, um, the, the VP of sales, warned me ahead of time. And he said, Audrey, I have all these millennials. Don't spend too much time talking about technology. And I thought, oh, there's a challenge. So <laughs> I am going to talk about technology, and you wait and see. And so I did talk almost all on technology. And, but one of the tips I gave was had to do with their email inbox. And I said, you know, many of you have thousands of emails sitting in your inbox right now. And I talked about the importance of making decisions. And about three weeks after that conference, I got an email from a young man who described himself as an older millennial. So I'm guessing early 30s. And he said, your whole teaching on this decision making just nailed the head, just nailed it for me. He said, because I didn't realize that not only was I not making decisions on my emails, I wasn't making decisions in other parts of my job and my projects. And I was getting into trouble with my manager because I wasn't meeting deadlines and a lot of it had to do with decision making. And he said, I'm happy to tell you today, I have less than 50 emails in my inbox because I was able to start exercising that that uh, decision-making muscle and just get into the habit of making decision on an email before I went to the next email. And so for him, that whole decision-making thing not only impacted his inbox, but the rest of his work life and home life because he recognized he wasn't making decisions. And by ignoring that, it wasn't that he couldn't make decisions, that he had the habit of delaying them. Mm -hmm. And when you delay decisions, you create a mess. And sometimes that mess is in the form of a pile of papers and other times that mess is missed deadlines or the need to work through the night to make a deadline. And uh, so I would say my, my number one nugget would be take a look at your decision making and become a, a quick decision maker. Wow, that's fascinating. And I know um, as someone who builds skills in, in music and speaking and writing and things like that. When you get that one tip from a master, right? <laughs> take it and run take because it. take it and run. Audrey, it's been such a pleasure talking oh. with you. How, how can people reach you if they want to connect with you, learn more from you, maybe even work with you? What's the sure. best way to find you online? Best way to find me online is just through my website, organizedaudrey.com. And I know you're going to be providing that um, as well. And if they want to connect with me on LinkedIn, uh, they can find me um, just with my name, Audrey Thomas, on LinkedIn. And also we'll include that offer that you have for that. that uh, explain that again real quick so I can make yep, sure it's that. Called, it's called the first 15 and it's designed to be dealt with the first 15 minutes of your day. Mm -hmm. And in the first 15 minutes of your day, you're going to write down the top three projects, that, what you want to work on. And if you get those three done, there's an area to kind of put your wish list of other things that you want to do. And then it also asks you, who are the people, the VIPs of your day? Who are the people you need to be in touch with today, either through a phone call, an email, or in person? And then the box on the form that I love the most, and it's the reason why I created it, it's called Random Thoughts and Ideas. 
and that's where you're busy working on a project and then you think, oh, I got to order my dad a birthday gift. And instead of jumping over to Amazon and to order a birthday gift, you just jot down on this form, dad, birthday, and you go right back to your project. And then wow. later in the day when I have a break in my project, I go and look at the things that I've written down there and I deal with that. So yeah, yeah it just kind of, it kind of, uh, maps out your day as best as you can given that we all have interruptions but it just helps you focus on the most important things and gives you a place a placeholder for the other things you want to guess how fast i'm going to go download that right now myself <laughs> <laughs> just watch <laughs> audrey it's just been a pleasure to talk with you again and uh, thank you so much for being a guest on our show thank you and please greet your wife for me <laughs> i will all right, all right have a wonderful care. day all right thank you bye okay. Thanks for tuning in to the Profitable Happiness Podcast. For more episodes, visit drpalay.com. And remember, get happy first and success will follow.